Welcome back to Women's Wealth, The Middle Way, the show that answers your questions about work, money, and family. My name is Susan McGlory Michael, and I am the CEO and founder of Glen Eagle, a wealth management firm in New Jersey. Although so many of us as women have a passion and a real mission to encourage young girls to have confidence in what often seems like a male's world, the media continues to push back against our progress. In particular, princesses in children's media are still portrayed so often as submissive and helpless. Our guest today, Sarah Coyne, has conducted a study on how princesses in the media can affect girls later in life including their careers and relationships. A BYU professor of family life, Sarah Coyne is here to speak and talk with us today and share how Snow White and Cinderella aren't as harmless as they seem. Many of us as mothers and grandmothers, I think, might find this of interest. Welcome, Sarah. Hey, thank you so much for having me on your program. You are not only, as I read about you, a professor and a research, done research on this, but you're also a mother, so you have a passion like many of us When our daughters are in our world and we want to share with them and portray role model, what do they say? It's not what we say, it's they watch what we do. And a lot of that watching is on media. Can you share with us today, I know that you've conducted a study with the interaction of princesses in the media and how this affects young girls. Can you kind of take us on a journey of how you became interested in this and what you found as you went about this study? So I have five children. I have four boys and one daughter. And when my daughter was three years old, uh, we were visiting the Space Needle in Seattle. And I will never forget this. She turned to me and she said, Mommy, do you think I'm too fat? And I just about lost it because I'm like, where is she getting this from? I study child development. I'm really careful about the way I talk to her and all my kids about bodies. And I felt so sad that already at age three, She was kind of thinking those things. And then right after that experience, I went to a gender development conference. And the final speaker was a woman by the name of Peggy Orenstein, who wrote a book called Cinderella Ate My Daughter. And I I highly recommend it. But it's kind of the idea that all of women's issues with bodies and with sexualization really start at age three and four, with kind of the primary culprit being the princess culture. And after Peggy was done, she said, I don't really have any research to back me up at all. This is kind of just what I think. And so I went away from that conference going, well, I study children and media, so I'm going to do a research study on this topic. So that's kind of where the study was born. So the study involves about 250 boys and girls who are preschool age. And basically we just examined uh, how much princess media they were watching and how much they identified with certain princesses. And then we measured them again a year later to find out what was the overall impact. And the biggest finding that came out of the study was that girls who were highly engaged in the princess culture at age four tended to be far more gender stereotyped at age five. And that was even controlling for kind of how girly they were. You can kind of think of it that way. They're in effect learning what it means to be a girl and a girly girl at that. That's really very interesting. Well, my daughter was in the middle of two older brothers and a younger brother and, and says she loved that role because she could enjoy growing and, and learning. But can you share with some of the young moms out there or grandmoms who have grandchildren, boys or girls, and when you notice how others may be treating a young child or speaking to them, how do you handle that 
in a correct way because we also want to portray to our children how to correctly interact with people socially and not say, well, don't say that, you know, not not to to be rude, but how how would how how did you handle it as a mother and then as a professor? What would you suggest maybe some of the things that they could do with their children to help that? Yeah, that's such a, a great question. So I think a lot of the way that we talk to little girls in particular are very appearance-based. In fact, I've done studies on on the words we use to girls and boys, and we're more likely to use achievement-based words to boys like success and win and more appearance-based words to girls. So we're always telling little girls how pretty they are and how cute and how nice they look and, you know, a dress-up or or whatever. So they learn from a very, very young age that appearance is what matters and often their self-worth is based in appearance. And that's certainly a strong theme in the princess culture now, I'm not saying that, that every little girl shouldn't be told that she's beautiful and that she understands and, and feels that. But when that is the primary message she's receiving, it's hard to balance out those other things like you can work hard or you're intelligent or you're good at basketball, right? So all of those other things. And so it takes some effort because it's almost like our natural instinct telling little girls how pretty they are and how cute little princess she is, you know. And so I think the first step is to modify the way that we speak to young girls and make sure that we're we're far more balanced than I think that we currently are. I think that's one way to tackle some of the, the princess culture that is so hard to combat. And then the other thing is to help teach them to critically examine the media messages that they receive. With my daughter, doing the princess study really changed the way that I talked to her and the way we interacted over media. In fact, I've been doing research for 15 years, and this is the study that I think has changed my parenting the most. It really made me be thoughtful about what was going on there. And so we will talk about, you know, gender representations all the time in media. So I remember right after we did the princess study, Brave, right? The movie Brave with Merida, who's a Scottish girl, had come out in the movie theaters. And I, I took my daughter Hannah and we were watching it and it was it was so great. Right. So it was this, you know, young woman who was independent and following her dreams and strong and, and not gender stereotyped hardly at all. And I thought, what a what a great example, right? I'm talking to Hannah about it, but then we noticed in all of the marketing, Merida is portrayed very differently, right? They take away her bow and arrow, they slim her waist down, they sexualize her, make her breasts bigger, put makeup on her, and all these things. And I thought, gosh, Disney, you know, when you get something right, that's great, but then you kind of mess it up here in the way we market it to young girls. And so having those kind of conversations with your daughter saying, you know, this doesn't look like the real Merida. What are some of the differences that you see? Why do you think they would do that? And I remember we were in the store and shopping for soup, of all things, right? And they had that kind of picture of Merida on the soup. And I remember my daughter, she was five or six, said, hey, mom, like that's the fake Merida, and I don't want to buy it. And I thought that was so, I don't know, just so deep, <laughs> kind of a level of teaching our young girls to not buy into some of the messages that they receive in media. Sorry, I know that was a long answer. but <laughs> No, it's an excellent answer. In fact, I, I never even realized that, so I'm learning so much from, from listening to you. I think that it's also how empowering it is for a young girl. I know that you work with, you know, the studies of a four- and a five-year-old. And I think we so many times underestimate the power of a child that young. When you say you had a three-year-old who was making comments to you, we have to, I think, be very attentive. The one thing that I noticed a lot was not only did you give her the ability to, to notice the change and to say, I'm not going to, that isn't the real one, 
and I don't have to buy this or, or buy these cookies because there are pictures on it and that I don't agree with that. That's empowering in itself because media, then as they get older, you know, so many times there's such subtle messages and commercials and things. So it's very powerful that, that she experienced that with you, that, that she thought it's okay to question. How, how, how would you suggest other parents that may have young children and see things on media. How, how would you suggest a parent to talk to their children about um, media when they're seeing something, how they address it, or how they, um, if, or even if they see things on a box in a store? How, how, what are the type of conversations you would have with a young child of four or five? Yeah, so let's take the princess culture as an example. So I wouldn't say let's ban princess cultures completely, right? Let's right. get rid of all the princesses. Definitely wouldn't do that, and it's almost impossible, right, the preschool girl age. And when we did the study, I got all this hate mail from people who were kind of saying, you know, what are you, what are you talking about here? But it's, it's really about helping them to interpret the messages they're seeing and finding balance. So there are so many really positive qualities about the princesses you can talk to your daughter about or your granddaughter about. They're, they're loyal and they're brave and they defend other people who are in harm and they're hardworking and they're kind. And, you know, there's all sorts of really wonderful qualities that you can pull out to have these good conversations that don't involve the way that they look, right? At their core, I think that there's some, some beautiful qualities. And then you can also say, here's some really good things I like about the princesses. Um, here are some things that you could aspire to be in your own life, but here are some misleading messages as well, right, that might not work for you in your own life, right? So for example, you don't need a man to rescue you in life. You know, that's that's not something that would be a really positive message to send to a young girl is that you're not really who you are until you find this man who can save you. You know, that kind of thing is, is really common, at least in the early princess movies. I have a daughter who's almost six foot tall and to work with her and to say it's it's amazing to be a, a, a tall girl and tower over probably all the boys um, in school. and <laughs> yeah, but Especially for basketball, right? <laughs> basketball. But I think it's, it's even that of, of commanding themselves and learning that, you know, whatever, whatever they have, that they almost embrace it and, and, and they value it. And I think that, that that also goes along with a lot of the media. If we could start at the young age that you are doing studies, that when they get to junior high and high school, we might have less issues, you know, eating disorders or, or self-esteem. So I, I think that the one thing that appealed to me most about your study is that we almost value the gifts we've been given and that we as parents or grandparents or teachers try to empower young, young boys and girls to find their gifts and value themselves. And so I, I, I think that your studies are amazing. I, I can't thank you enough for that. But do you also find that that goes along with not only the gender stereotype, but also the body images that they have of themselves? Definitely. And body image is such a tricky thing and especially hard to know how to deal with as a parent. Make sure you're saying the right thing and you're not giving them a complex. And you feel a lot of pressure with my boys and with my girl in order to do that. And, and one way I've tried to combat that is through positive media. So whenever I see media that really has a very positive message about self-worth and about bodies, I'll, I'll celebrate it with my children. We'll embrace it. One of my favorite songs right now is Colby Calais' song, Try. Right? So it's like, you know, take your makeup off, you know, love who you are, you know, I like you for being you. That's kind of the message that she gives. And I heard that song and I thought, what a, what a positive example 
And so we just completed a study using her, her music to show that listening to that type of song as compared to one that more sexualizes women uh, leads to women feeling better about their own bodies and about who they are as women. And so it, it's really, you know, as a parent, helping your children choose good media and then also celebrating when we find just excellent positive media because it's out there. You have to look hard sometimes, but it really is out there. You know, Sarah, I can't thank you enough today. The one thing I think that I, I took away that, that I value so much is when you shared it's not black and white. It's not princesses are good or princesses are bad. It's just how we interpret them and how we are able to take the good part of what they share with us of kindness and caring and empathy, but also acknowledge that you don't have to be dependent on another to value yourself or to evaluate who you are. So I, I want to thank you so much for joining us today because I think your honesty and your study of being a mother such a value. So thank you very much. Thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed it. And thanks for our listeners in tuning in today's episode of Women's Wealth, The Middle Way. Make sure you subscribe to us on iTunes and follow us on SoundCloud, Podbean, and womensradio.com for new episodes every other Wednesday. See you in two weeks.